0: In these unprecedented times, we need effective immune support. That's why I'm excited to introduce two formulas that work, CV Defense and CV Acute. There's nothing quite like them. CV Defense is a daily preventative, the only supplement that delivers the six most important ingredients to optimize your immune function, including PEA, a critical molecule for long-term immunity at the cellular level. CV Acute is a fast-acting, great-tasting syrup for direct immune activation. It eliminates invaders with a fruit flower and root of patented Chinese medicine. I take it when I feel run down to fend off respiratory infections. Both products are safe, all-natural, and backed by numerous clinical trials. For more information and to order, go to TotalImmuneHealth.com and take advantage of discounts from 30 to 50% just for listening to Intelligent Medicine. That's TotalImmuneHealth.com. Totalimmunehealth.com for the most exciting immune support products in years.
1: Welcome to Layla Ways in here on Intelligent Medicine. Thank you for downloading these podcasts. These podcasts, as you know, are free. You can download them anytime. The Intelligent Medicine newsletter is also free. And you can subscribe by going to drhoffman.com. That's www.drhoffman.com. And click subscribe. The newsletter is weekly. As I said, it's free. You may unsubscribe at any time. And we never use your email for any other purpose. These Intelligent Medicine Podcasts are here to bring you information on health, wellness, nutrition, and I want to talk today about vitamin K. It's not just for our bones, okay, and the different types of vitamin K, the differences what they do. So vitamin K supplementation is wonderful for inflammation, cardiovascular disease, and neurodegeneration. A few sample research studies show that people need vitamin K for much more than just better bone density. So we don't want to overlook this very important nutrient, which is the most effective when supplemented in menaquinone forms. Menaquinone is vitamin K2, vitamin K2. So let's let's talk about how it's anti-inflammatory. Vitamin K, you know, is, is a fat-soluble vitamin. The other fat-soluble vitamins, by the way, vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, the carotenoids, which are vitamin A as well, these are all fat-soluble. So when you're having these particular nutrients in your foods, uh, for example, <clears throat> you need to be eating fat along with it. Don't use a fat-free dressing on your salad. You're not going to get the lycopene from the tomatoes as much, right? That kind of a thing. Better yet, cooking those tomatoes in some olive oil, all the better. So, let me, I didn't, didn't mean to digress here. So, as anti-inflammatory, vitamin K is a fat-soluble vitamin, which has been shown to have anti-inflammatory effects in several in vitro studies. In vitro means one, You know, in vitro means done in a lab. In vivo, studies mean using actual humans. So one of the first human studies based on data gathered from the Framingham offspring study actually supports the premise that vitamin K is anti-inflammatory. In this study, the 1,381 participants were mainly middle-aged to elderly with a ratio of about 50% men and 50% women. They completed the diet frequency questionnaires to estimate vitamin K intake from food, and serum vitamin K levels were measured. A multitude of serum inflammatory markers were measured it was found that vitamin K levels were significantly inversely associated with inflammation levels. Dietary vitamin K consumption was significantly inversely proportionate to key inflammatory markers, including C-reactive protein, fibrinogen, and interleukin-6, IL-6. These are very important inflammatory markers. So they found, you know, those with higher inflammation markers of C-reactive protein, IL-6, and fibrinogen, they found lower vitamin D, uh, vitamin K, serum vitamin K, which is interesting. Vitamin K helps reduce arterial stiffness for cardiovascular protection. Arterial stiffness is an important indicator for the development of cardiovascular disease and atherosclerosis. And there are several tests which are used comprehensively to measure the stiffness of arteries. And vitamin K has been shown to improve arterial stiffness in several studies. Now, there are multiple forms Of vitamin k1 and k2 and research has indicated that people with the highest intake of menaquinones that's k2 specifically had a lower incidence of coronary heart disease mortality and less arterial calcification menaquinones help prevent arterial calcium deposits which is a cause of atherosclerosis you know vitamin k also reduces arterial inflammation another cause for atherosclerosis and how these menaquinones vitamin k2 help prevent arterial calcification deposits is by increasing mgp carboxylation to effectively re- reduce overall levels of a substance MGP. So in the first trial, which investigated the effects of vitamin K supplementation on cardiovascular health, 244 generally healthy postmenopausal women took either a placebo or 180 micrograms of MK7 form of vitamin K per day. MK7 is vitamin K2. After three years, the group taking the vitamin K supplement had significantly reduced levels of MGP and significantly improve parameters for arterial stiffness. There was also improvement in the elastic properties of the carotid artery, the carotid arteries in the neck, and we want all of our arteries to maintain elasticity. Another nutrient that helps with that? Vitamin C. So they found in the study, those taking vitamin K, there was an improvement in the elastic properties of the carotid artery, but only in women who started with high stiffness index at the beginning of the study. That's great. So it's never too late. If you already have a high degree of arterial stiffness, vitamin K may still help. And the vitamin K group also had lower serum, uncarboxylated osteocalcin levels, indicating better calcium uptake to the bone and reduced risk for osteoporosis. This is how vitamin K is good for our bones. It directs the calcium via this mechanism back to the bones vitamin K supplementation did not alter the specific markers for endothelial dysfunction or acute inflammatory markers, okay? So, menaquinones, vitamin K2, are known to have a longer half-life and better activity than K1, which is found predominantly in green leafy vegetables, that's phylloquinone. So, <clears throat> significantly higher intake of vitamin K1 would be required to produce the same effects of 180 micrograms of, of MK7, which is vitamin K2, menaquinone. And you know, recent research has also told us, because uh, this this actually what I'm citing from is from uh, the American Journal of Epidemiology back in 2008. Vitamin K and vitamin D status, associations with inflammatory markers in the Framingham Offspring Study, right? But what we know from even more recent research is that we need to be taking more like 300 micrograms of mk7 uh, The other thing uh, let, Let's see here. Let's move on with vitamin K Vitamin K is crucial to the nervous system It's been shown to be an important cofactor in the production of sphingolipid synthesis Spingolipids Sphingolipid, are a crucial fat present in nerve cell membranes. Spingolipid dysfunction is correlated with the aging process and development of neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease. Wow. Vitamin K is an important nutrient for the nervous system and cognition. However, only limited studies have been conducted to explore the relationship between cognitive function and vitamin K intake. One such study showed that women taking warfarin, which is Coumadin, and Coumadin is a drug that limits vitamin K, One study showed that women taking Coumadin in their first trimester of pregnancy resulted in babies being born with a range of neurological deficits. Another small study showed that patients with Alzheimer's disease had significantly lower consumption of vitamin K rich foods as compared to healthy peers. However, Causation was not clear. So that was more observational. Hard to determine causation here, right? Studies show that vitamin K is converted to MK4 in the brain and is the predominant form found there. Cell studies have shown that MK4 has a neuroprotective effect, promotes neuronal survival and prevents oxidative damage to nerve cells. Animal studies have shown that induced vitamin K deficiency caused hypoactivity and increased cognitive dysfunction with age. Now, you want to take that K2 because it's your brain that converts it to K4. You don't necessarily want to take a supplemental K4. We talked about that in an earlier podcast. You want to be taking K2. 180 to 300 micrograms a day would be the dose. Where else do we find vitamin K2? Because you know we find phylloquinone, which is vitamin K1, in green leafy vegetables. But you'd have to eat a ton of it, as I said earlier, for the conversion to K2. Where is K2? It's in natto, which is fermented soy. K2 is also in meat and in cheese. You having a steak and a salad? Beautiful. You're getting plenty of K. K2 and K1. So, <clears throat> further clinical Trials are warranted, of course, to better understand the potential for vitamin K to prevent neurodegeneration. Vitamin K levels are significantly lower in patients with MS, with multiple sclerosis. This is interesting. Vitamin K, two has a role in protecting mitochondria reducing inflammation, and protecting neurons, all of which may be beneficial in slowing the progression of multiple sclerosis. MS is a progressive chronic demyelinating disease with excessive neuroinflammation and no known cure what happens is in MS the immune system has been triggered often by diet and lifestyle choices has the immune system is triggered to attack the myelin sheaths which surround which kind of coat the nerve cells the neurons and by attacking them causing demyelination, destroying this very important myelin sheath. This is the pathophysiology of MS. In a small clinical study, vitamin K levels were measured in 45 MS patients and 29 healthy controls. And it was found... That the MS patients had significantly lower vitamin K2 levels as compared to controls. The average was 235 nanograms per milliliter versus 812 nanograms per milliliter, respectively. It's not clear why MS patients would have significantly Lower vitamin K levels than healthy persons. One cause may be that vitamin K is converted in the intestines into active, usable forms, and M- MS patients commonly have impaired microbiomes, which may compromise vitamin K efficiency. Yeah. The microbiome, as it's turning out, is related to the pathophysiology of so many conditions. Also, MS patients may use up more vitamin K due to a chronic neuroinflammatory state. The study also showed that the longer a patient had the disease, the lower their vitamin K levels were possibly indicating that the disease uses vitamin K at a faster rate. Very very interesting, very interesting. Uh, This comes from Vitamin K in the Nervous System, an overview of its actions, Advanced Nutrition Textbook, uh, Menoquinone 7 supplementation improves arterial stiffness in healthy postmenopausal women, a double-blind randomized clinical trial, Uh, and also vitamin K2 in multiple sclerosis patients. It's a German study, the Central European uh, Journal of Medicine from 2018. And this comes to you from restorative formula... Formulations, (laughs) Formuliza- formulations, <laughs> restorative formulations. Good, very important information on vitamin K. So just a little review here. Vitamin K is important not just for bones, but as we find out, for the nervous system, possibly for neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and, uh, and Parkinson's, also for multiple sclerosis. Vitamin K is anti inflammatory. It's been found to be inversely uh, uh, related to inflammation. High inflammation, low vitamin K, and vice versa. Vitamin K reduces arterial stiffness. We know that, and one of the mechanisms in doing so is it directs calcium back to the bones where it belongs. If you're taking supplemental calcium, and supplemental vitamin D you need to be taking supplemental vitamin K or at least making sure there's enough K in your diet particularly K2 and if you're a big green leafy vegetable eater like I am that's fine but we'd have to eat a barrel of it every day for that conversion to happen from K1 to K2 from philoquinone to menaquinone that K2 which is very important. The menaquinone is found in natto, which is fermented. Uh, Soy, it's also found in meat. It's also found in cheese. These are your dietary sources of vitamin K. Those who are taking blood-thinning medications such as Coumadin, known as warfarin, have to limit their vitamin K. Do not start taking vitamin K without supervision from your practitioner. Do not do this if you're taking Coumadin or Warfarin. It's going to mess with your blood thinning and all of that. You don't want that. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine.
0: Do you suffer with chronic pain are you taking risky over-the-counter or prescription anti-inflammatory drugs this is dr ronald Hopp with a better natural solution from future farm botanicals liquid turmeric liposome complex future farms liquid turmeric with liposomes and nanotechnology delivers maximum absorption for effective pain relief sourced and manufactured in the united states this product contains 1600 milligrams of curcumin and powerful antioxidant properties this plant-based curcumin is used to possibly reduce inflammation block proteins that trigger swelling, and intercept inflammatory pathways, significantly decreasing inflammatory responses. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, that's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Don't live with pain when there's an all-natural, science-based remedy that works, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman.
1: This is Layla Mutin, R.D. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212 212- seven seven nine one seven four four. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.